On this week's episode, we forget our worries with The Lion King. Are antelopes sentient? Is Scar on the right side of history? And is the circle of life even good? Find out now. You're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of 24 Flames Per Second. Uh, this is the podcast that roasts the films we love most. As always, I'm your host. This is Robert Spiewak. And welcome to uh, our uh, third episode of season three, everybody, as we are rumbling through July just like a stampede of wildebeests. Boom. Uh, to celebrate John Favreau's The Lion King coming out this week, we are talking about... The 1994, the original, the original Lion King, <laughs> um, and uh, the animated Disney uh, classic that all you millennials grew up on. Um, and so, yeah, everybody, welcome to the show this week. Um, what uh, what do I have to uh, to plug before we get uh, too far into it? Um, the Funhouse Family podcast is coming back very soon, I believe. Um, so, everybody, if you're not already subscribed to that. Go and check it out. Uh, just Party Fish Media News in general. Um, but yeah, it's coming back for the rest of its season two. Um, I think at the end of this month um, to ramp up for the next Funhouse show that's in September. So go and check it out. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Um, and you can go back and listen to the first chunk of season two, the first season, um, to get ready for more. Uh, there will probably be returning characters from those episodes. So go and check it out. Um, I think... I think that's it. Uh, there w- is a hot take <laughs> on a tasty our hot Patreon, take. I think. Um, and then there's a drink along coming next week, I'm pretty sure. So um, if you're not part of our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash 24 flamespod. Check it out. It's a bunch of good stuff over there, um, including our extended play um, for people who want to keep listening to the show after the normal show's over. Um, we'll talk more about it at the end of the show. Let's get on into the business here. Talking about The Lion King, across the table from me this week, the Timon to my Pumbaa, Quasi oh! Phillips. I love it. That was, that's perfect. What's up, man? How's it going? It's going good. Yeah. It's going good. I'm excited. This is a this is going to be a good one. I, I, we have a solid good. panel. Yeah. I'm about to see some fists flying, some Elton John well, singing. Oh. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, Quasi, did you watch the movie this week? I did. I did watch the movie this week. Nice. Um, it was really fun. Uh, we kind of were doing this a little, you know, quickly, but yeah, mm-hmm. we I got I snuck it in, uh, except for the very end. But uh, yeah, I listened to it in the car. Nice. So it was very it was interesting to like just listen to hear all the little jokes that you miss. Yeah. Sometimes and Nathan Lane's an OG. It was so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Watch this movie. I am ready. Sweet. Well, uh, did yeah. you bring us any background information about well, it? Well, we all know, class, <laughs> that <laughs> the myth of ha- uh, the Shakespeare the Shakespeare play Hamlet is a big influence in this movie. Mm. But did you also know that there are two African myths predating this that also oh, tell the story of Hamlet? One of them from the Niger region in Western Africa called Zundiata, an epic of old Mali, mm. and an Egyptian meme. A, meme? An Egyptian, Egyptian meme. myth. <laughs> Of the Osirian family, where mm. a king is murdered by his brother oh. and his son is exiled. So that's I think it's really cool that they at the still is you know like as much as we you don't necessarily know a lot or like the story of Hamlet is what's really promoted is yeah an influence. But there's there there are core African roots to this. Cool. And as an African gentleman, I I'm happy about that. African so gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, the music is always good to. Every time we come back and listen to it, I was actually shocked. I forgot, or I always put in my head that Lady Smith Blackman Basel was the per- people who sang this, but oh. it wasn't. It was uh, Elton John and uh, another artist, Camille. That sang. Carmen Twill. Yeah. Carmen yeah. Twilly, who sang it, and then uh, Le Boheme, oh. um, who does the uh, opening Zulu chant. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
I was going to say, because so, yeah. that didn't sound like Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. And I'm also, it's kind of cool that this is a, this is a movie um, in the 90s during the Disney Renaissance that yeah. still... You know, this is coming off of the heels, I think, of Pocahontas. I think Pocahontas was Pocahontas came after. Right? Was no, no, next. no, it was before. Are you sure? I think so. Pretty sure it was the next one. No, because they were animating they were animating Pocahontas and Lion King at the same time. Mm. And they pulled they pulled people off Pocahontas to work on the Lion King. You can you can double check. I it. am gonna double check because I remember being older than for Pocahontas coming out than I was for Lion King. I don't know, guys. I think I nailed this one. But Pocahontas uh, nineteen ninety five. Damn it. Lion King 1994. They definitely had multiple people working on it the same concurrently. Yeah. yeah. So that, maybe those are, that's that's, I mean, that timeline lines up, yeah. The, okay. They were, they probably pulled people on Pocahontas because they were like, we have to get Lion King released. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so during that Renaissance period, um, they are still telling a story that actually encompasses and utilizes uh, people from the place that they're telling the story. About, yeah. Which is cool. Even though it's a lot about that's they use a lot of western characters and still yeah yeah, but yeah. still it's it for that time period i think that was good and it kind of shows disney's uh uh at kind of work ethic to truly try and tell the stories as much as they can from the places that the stories are from yeah yeah which yeah. i think is very important and is still something and that they're doing isn't really necessarily well. something we think about disney films from the 90s either oh yeah so, for yeah. sure for sure cool well thank you for bringing that info no worries let's uh introduce the panels uh starting with the roasters this week uh to my right actor director advocate for students rights find him on instagram with super marmar Mario Arallo. hi robert hi how's it going good it's good to see you yeah it's great to have happy you here. spring it's summer now it's very summer now is it summer oh yeah yeah this, Where have I been? This is coming out in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's summer still. It still though. feels like summer. Yeah. No, it's it's nice. Happy sure. summer. Happy yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. it's great to be here. Look forward to making this thing happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and next to you is a local storyteller and producer of Seattle's The Moth. Find her on social media at Casey Rom. Casey Rom. Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's good. I'm excited to get into this one and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, got Hakuna Matata in my head, so that'll guide me. It's good. Uh, Keep you mellow while you're yeah. tearing it apart. <laughs> yeah, just the, yeah, the ba- basic just, it means no worries, okay? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's just a podcast. Yeah. Um, very good. Yeah, great to have you here. And across the table on the defense this week, filmmaker and political activist. Find him on Twitter at True Cody Olson. The true Cody Olson. <clears throat> Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's going good. Yeah, like Quasi was alluding to, this is a quick turnaround, but I've been ready to talk about this film <laughs> probably for decades. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah scheduled this one last night. Yeah, um, I definitely listened to some music from it this morning mm-hmm. as I was actually okay. Wait, we're. I have my alarm right now. Not even, this is not related to this episode. I did this concurrently, not thinking about this. My alarm right now is just can't wait to be king. Uh, oh. You can set them And I wanted it to be circle of life, but for some reason that was glitching out on my phone. No. So I have but anyway, so still pretty. It's a good thing. That's to impressive. You have to buy the music to do that, right? I started a free trial of, of to my knowledge, music. what I did is I started a free trial of iTunes music and okay. I still have a few months to cancel okay, it. Okay, okay. Oh, because going to be I'll like, be right really <laughs> just cannot wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, very good. It's great to have you here. And you know how this starts off with movie in a minute. Give me them notes. That's right. You can't have it. You guys always do that. Can't it's, have it. Read what's on the notes. They won't I don't help even care. I don't even care. You do the same thing for Titanic and I still don't even care. Just as hard. Um, but yeah, give us the full plot synopsis of Disney's The Lion King. Spoilers and all, I'll give you 60 seconds and a three count. Are you ready? Give me one second. No, you get 60 seconds. I just, I just said this. There you go. I got it. I lost the name for a second. All right. The Lion King. <laughs> um, okay, in uh, three, two, one, go. All right, Simba is the newborn uh, from Mufasa, who's the Lion King. Uh, we get a really cool musical number that kind of establishes the world that all the African animals are sort of, I don't know, looking up to the king, Mufasa. So, anyway, he presents Simba. Um, Scar, his brother, his like ill tempered. 
uh, smarmy brother is not there at the birthing, at the presenta- presentation of the newborn festival. Um, and so Mufasa confronts him about that, and Scar kind of waves him off a little bit. Um, Simba is this kind of like young, rambunctious, full of energy, full of life, maybe a little cocky, um, a little too ready to be king kid. He is friends with Nala. Um, one day, they go to the uh, elephant graveyard after Scar like masterfully manipulates him to go there. Um, get in trouble with, get, they get attacked by some hyenas. Mufasa has to come in, scare the hyenas off, um, and kind of admonishes um, Simba. Man, you're out of time. <laughs> yeah, you really went Some real big, big character introductions there. Really? <laughs> it makes me think that you forgot Simba, and so you're kind of like <laughs> going back. <laughs> What's the uh, homeboy? What's his name? Simba uh, was homeboy. the name that I forgot for a second. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Tom. <laughs> Slash Matthew Broderick. Yes. Yeah. We didn't get. We he didn't get there. <laughs> what I lacked in completion, I made up for in detail. You did. Yeah, yeah. You really flushed out young Simba. And we appreciate that. So okay. So just to get the rest of the way through the other hour of the movie. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, yeah. So Sky Scar pretty much emotionally manipulates. Simba and yes. also kills Mufasa, blames Simba, convinces him it was his fault, mm-hmm. um, and tells him to just run away. Um, well, he's supposed to. They're supposed to kill him. They wanted. He wanted to like get him to run away, and the hyenas was hyenas was supposed to kill him. Didn't kill him. Yeah. So he survives. Yeah. Anyways, Simba or yeah, Simba runs away, and Scar takes over the kingdom. Everything falls to shit. Well, Simba grows up healthy and full of bugs under the <laughs> guidance of Timon and Pumbaa, a meerkat and a warthog, um, and they live a carefree, transient jungle life. Um, eventually. They're out there hunting for bugs, as you do. And who shows up but Nala, his childhood friend, and probably lifelong love. Um, And she convinces him to come back, reclaim his throne from Scar, and fix everything because everyone is dying and it's horrible. Um, So he, uh, he does. And he comes back and... They pretty much have to like infiltrate Pride Rock to get in there, and they start a big fire, and Scar and Simba fight, and Simba throws Scar off the cliff, and all the hyenas eat Scar. And Simba reclaims the title of King of Pride Rock, and all the animals love him. And that's the, that's the movie. And that's it. Yeah. I don't, did I leave anything out? I don't know. There's music along the way. Oh, um, oh there's music. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's Lion King. We are going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, Cody, we'll get your opening statements and why you're here defending the Lion King. We will be right back. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Get ready, Seattle, for the biggest live podcast event of the year. This July 30th. Northwest Film Forum is going to explode. Not one, not two, but three local podcasts go head to head. Funhouse Band, Save the D8, Shifties. This awesome mind-twisting action from 7 to 11 p.m. Watch as the Funhouse family discusses the local art scene. See the Save the DA crew improv a D&D story that you'll never forget. And stare as the shifties regale the masses with how tough it is to be in the workforce. Plus, all those with the best handmade name tags will win awesome prizes. Watch them all battle it out under one roof. Northwest Film Forum, July 30th from 7 to 11. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the urge. We're back, everybody. Cody barely got through any of the story for the Lion King movie in a minute. And uh, we are here to get your opening statements. Cody, why are you here defending the Lion King? My head is held high. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, did. you did. Yeah, I think for me this film is, is full of both pathos and some terrific songs. Uh, it's, I think, both a really affecting story and is just like undeniably one of the Disney classics. Um, there are, you cannot bust one of these songs out at karaoke and not have other people get pumped about that. It's just impossible. Um, so I think the film is just, it is firing on all cylinders, basically. It is, if you wanted 
an example of the Disney animation renaissance. You would pretty much either show Lion King or Aladdin. Hmm. And I think those would be like the top echelon of quality that Disney animation has put out. Okay. Um, that was strong. Yeah. Strong. Thank you. Held, head held high. <laughs> Roasters. Let's, uh, let's start with uh, let's start with the plot, since that's the last thing we we just talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this plot it's fine. I mean, we've established already that it's it's similar to Hamlet or um, apparently some myths that I didn't know about. Mm. Uh, but I I think because of that, they can't claim that this is like a truly original story because it's actually pretty familiar. As soon as you meet Scar, you know exactly what he's going to do. Um, and I think that, yeah, so it was a little boring for me on an adult rewatch, and I recognize that these movies are made for children, but I think that, um, more recent children's movies have proven that children are smarter than we, uh, maybe want to believe, and they could probably handle something a little less obvious. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, you made a note about, like, a, a, the adult rewatch, and I know that yeah. every time we watch movies we watch as a kid, you're gonna, oh, this... You're going to recognize something about it that maybe you didn't before and yeah. you recognize something. So how much, uh, so where does nostalgia come in with a movie like this, especially for how we have, you know, as a, as a generation have been defined yeah. by this movie? I think the nostalgia is definitely in the music. I, mm-hmm. I agree right. with right. Cody that they're like very memorable songs that you can bust out at karaoke. I think Be Prepared is one of the better villain songs of any Disney movie. Right. Um, but I think that... If you, if you rest too much on the music, you miss the fact that this is just kind of an imperfect story. I mean, the big, like, climactic moment is when Simba talks to his ghost dad and realizes that he needs to remember who he is. But, like, who he was that we saw as a child was, like, kind of a cocky little prick. And then he just, like, ages over the course of one song. And we don't really get to see him be anything until he like wins at the end and i i felt like we could have used a little more of simba actually learning something rather than just like having this divine intervention right Hmm. what do you think yeah that's an interesting one because you're right i mean simba is pretty cocky in the beginning he has an entire song about how he just can't wait to be king um simba's kind of emotional journey in the back half of the film when he's an adult is interesting to me because i think I think maybe his dad isn't saying, you know, uh, go back to the go back to somebody who thinks he knows what's best for everyone and, and who's that cocky. I don't think he's saying that, but I do think he's saying remember that vibrancy that you used to have and that like tenacity. Um, and I think that Simba sort of since those years has been crippled by guilt, basically the guilt thinking that he is the like he's the one who caused his father's death. Um, and so I, I think it's sort of his dad going, like, find your way back to some clarity of maybe you messed up a little bit. We, you know, we can get into that. But find your way back to somebody who's, like, willing to fight for something, I guess, rather than kind of just be lethargic out there. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I just wish we would have gotten more of an indication that he had any actual leadership skills. I mean, mm. we see him as a kid being boastful and getting into trouble and then we see him as an adult not caring about anything and kind of letting these other characters take over this like parental or buddy role and Mm -hmm. so i don't really get to see him be a leader until like the very final scene that's fair the one thing i would maybe throw on there is that he is brave for all his faults as a kid he's still i think when they get into trouble with the hyenas uh you know he doesn't shrink away from it as much he like jumps in there and tries to defend his friends um, possibly at, at risk to his own self. So I, I think he at least has that working for him. But I, I do see what you're saying. Yeah, I think um, Kimba is somebody who... Oh, Simba. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kimba was is the this original oh. uh, story. Um, you know, it's one of the things that Disney <laughs> portrayed this movie as the original. You know, this is Disney's uh, first time that we have the opportunity to see the whole the the, the story <laughs> creativeness of 
the uh, the the business of what Disney brings, which is joy. And what we find is just complete and utter plagiarism. <laughs> we sure. find plagiarism with Kimba. I mean, sorry, Simba, because those two are literally the, almost the same name. And so. Uh, I think when I look at The Lion King, it brings this joy as a young kid, but as an adult, it brings this sort of like weird kind of, uh, I'm in a weird place with it because I want to accept that the uh, that the people that worked on it worked really hard. I yeah. thought that they tried their best to pre present a, a piece of art that I think um, society and community can go off of, but they did not. There were cease and desist orders from Disney, so Kimba would not play in North America, right? So they tried their best to squash any sense that this movie uh, had more influence than it really truly did. So can you can you explain a little more what your what this Kimba thing? So is? I don't. What was the name of the it Kimba was, the White Kimba Lion? Kimba the White Lion is uh, it's an anime that predates uh, the Lion King and a lot by a of, long, by a while by a while yeah. and a lot of the um, animation some straight up like shot for shot scenes are, are right. very very similar. Right, um, right, and then Matthew. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew Broderick, <laughs> I think in uh, actually thought that that's what he was supposed to be. Yeah. He actually even said he thought he was going to be playing Kimba. Mm. And that Walt Disney's, uh, what was it? It's probably Roy. Roy yeah. actually even in memo said, you know, this is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Mm. So it gets really problematic in that way when it's being sold to the public as an original story, as, a, as the OG of its kind, when in actuality, some of the animators that worked on it were like, nah, bro. It, <laughs> it, it's not only that, it's not that. So it's this weird sort of like Western sort of kind of way of hijacking it and making it, own, uh, making it its own. Which isn't bad, because I mean, you know, you and I can have a bigger conversation yeah. about story and like, where stories come from and how we take and we mold. But the lack of giving Kimba its due only says to me that Disney's in it for the money. Mm -hmm. No doubt Lion King was a money-making machine for yeah, uh, sure. for its company. Uh, and and I think that's awesome for them. You know, it sucks <laughs> in a lot of other ways, but um, I think I just really wanted to kind of start my roast off there. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. as I look at it, a lot of the the sweetness of it starts to become quite sour. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the the once amazing storyline that I was like, wow, this is really original. Wow, all my friends like this. You know, <laughs> I actually really like Simba. Uh, starts to really add to, wow, Simba is not only cocky, but he's part of the 0.1%. We, we are talking about a boy who whose father is like, this is all yours and you just have to be born into it. You don't got to yeah. do nothing. You just got to chill on this rock. And you just got to hang out. And then we have this beautiful James Earl Jones voice saying, you know what? This is for you. And I actually love that part. Mm -hmm. And what do we have? We have that We have that guy die real quick. Disney <laughs> <laughs> was like, a, you know, a powerful, powerful leader like that. We want him dead super quick. <laughs> and then we have him going off uh, to hang out with uh, Timon and Pumbaa, the, the hippies of the jungle or whatever, <laughs> off of this vegetarian diet. And then you see that, you know, once he had his sort of like uh, moment of like, well, you know, I just don't want to, I feel so bad for myself. Then he gets to be elevated to a place of power once again. So for me, this story at the end of the day tells me you don't really got to work that hard. You got to work yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Not really that hard, and then you will be the king of your, uh, of you know, you'll be the king, right? I think there's a little bit of a, un, it's not clear how the circle of life actually works, and that's kind of what they fall back on as an explanation for why we have this monarchy, and this political system that's based on lineage. <laughs> sure, and, sure. and they even say that the reason Mufasa is king over Scar is because he's like bigger. Right. So it's right. just like right. Scar's smarter, right. but Mufasa's right. yeah. bigger. So it seems like we're basing this just on like strength and size and lineage, and I think that can be really problematic um, 
and I, I have a little bit of a problem with that, too. And and then, like, why do the hyenas not get to eat? Right. Like, just fuck hyenas and the bugs. They don't matter either. Like, yeah, it just, how does the circle yeah. of life where, where, work? Where is the consciousness, like, line yeah. for this world? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when, when we're eating antelope, are they talking, too, or they don't talk? You know, I think like, they all talk, and, and they kind of try to explain, like, Mufasa tries to explain the circle of life. The antelope eat the grass, we eat the antelope. Mm-hmm. It all, like, it's, but then the hyenas are just exiled and it's like was scar really that wrong to try to include them and tell them yeah we're gonna feed you and (laughs) like i just i don't know i think obviously like don't kill your brother but like i don't think that scar (laughs) is really so bad i think he's just questioning the status quo and he's pissed like (laughs) cody is scar as bad as we think I mean, I think you can question the status quo all you want, and you can like you can engage in uh, in meaningful ways other than murdering your brother. So, you know, that, I mean, I think like any like a lot of good villains will have a point. You know, will have like a salient thing that they're griping about, mm-hmm. and then they'll kill people because of it. And so it's like the two aren't mutually exclusive. Scar can maybe be correct about some of his critiques uh, with both the system and maybe how he's been made to feel because of it. Also, you still can't kill your brother and essentially like kind of enslave people and you know and, and sort of use a little bit of like way. a like a killmonger vibe where I'm yes. like, well, I kind of on your side, but also can you calm down a yeah, little bit? Down, the killing. <laughs> yeah, there was a. I mean, like, well, sorry. Before we move off of this, there's yeah. some pretty clear fascist imagery during Scar's. Oh, absolutely. Movie. It takes Scar three minutes to turn hyenas from slobbering goofballs into straight up Nazis. Yeah, no, so all I'm saying is that not subtle. Legit, like yeah. legit point maybe, but I don't think Scar's on the right side of history is all that I'm saying. <laughs> but if he had not been immediately, you know, trashed on. trashed on because they they outwardly say like he's the smarter of the two. He oh he says he it. Says. He's like okay, he says it's, it. Let's corroborate that. I maybe. think it could be pretty I think it could be pretty fair. I mean, he he comes up with this entire plan and Mufasa just totally falls for it. Yeah. But yeah, Mufasa I, falls for his brother murdering <laughs> him. Like, yeah, I guess he didn't see that coming. He's like, well, no. brothers do. Well, why does he let Simba run off with him alone all the time, too? Like Maybe he's trying to include his brother after the elephant know, graveyard. After the elephant graveyard, he should have had a babysitter at all times. Real he should have never ended right. up in you that should. canyon. Right. It never should have happened. That's just negligent at that point. <laughs> yeah. But beyond that, I think I I just think that the political system is flawed. And there's also this layer of them essentially blaming like a natural earth process, the drought, on the fact that Scar is the king now. And that doesn't make any sense. Like, why does his his reign bring in drought? If it's if it's magic, that's fine. But then maybe explain the circle of life as magic. Mm-hmm. Don't just say like he's evil clearly because he's dark and has a gay affect in his voice like all the evil Disney villains but on top of that he is now has the power to create a drought and as soon as Simba takes his place it rains mm-hmm. that's that, right. that's just not how nature works <laughs> like, no that's fair but also lions don't talk so I mean <laughs> there you know there's some well, you got that that there. Small, <laughs> least, I'm not the way we understand <laughs> but, but yeah. I think Disney can can be magic and and yeah. maybe they just needed to explain the rules of like they fall back on this idea of the circle of life but they don't do a very good job of explaining it it's mm-hmm. it's kind of brushed over and i think if the circle of life is that you have to have good leadership to make this continue to work right, yeah. then that could maybe make sense but instead right. they're just like well there's a drought now and it's clearly scar's fault like right. how right. <laughs> how I did mean, he the cause it the song isn't that good in the first place what? <laughs> it's not even that good and let's just say it right now. We need what? to know it's oh, not that man. good. We need a in record scratch sound. When I effect. watched Twenty Feet to Stardom, which is a documentary about backup singers, they were influential in that piece, right? And they didn't even get a cut of the money when it came to that. So every time I see that 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 Wait, iconic did... scene, we have the backup singers, the ones that made that gorgeous effect, aren't getting paid. They're not. They're so for me, it's not only as an adult seeing it as. Wow, that song might be attractive when I was five or six years old, but now as an adult, I'm seeing artists not even getting paid, not having the opportunity to actually be uh, uh, credited with that work. And then we, at the end of it, we have uh, uh, this lion cub as the savior god of this entire area. And Strong it's, Jesus. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah, Jesus. 
right? So the song isn't that good, all right? And even let, let's even target the songs now. I mean, the songs aren't even that good in the first place. Akuna Matata is just fuck it for adults. <laughs> That's what it is. That's Sim, truly what it Sim is. Sim is every affluent kid that went off on a gap year. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. Started smoking weed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. And Bazu's being like, yo, please try to, you know, do this, try this. I ain't going to listen to you. I'm not going to do this. So then me seeing it again, it's like, I don't really care for you, Simba. I really, truly don't care for what you're about. You deserve this. And I'm sorry that your dad died. That's not okay. But, uh, but I mean, you need to be accountable for your actions. And, and, and then poor Nala has to deal with this, this, this unaccountable dude that she unfortunately has to be subservient to in, in this whole She's world. She's betrothed you, to. Oh, totally. Yeah. And you know what, Nala? I'm sorry. You aren't, You ain't the only one. You know, lions have multiple mates. So you, you are not the only one, Nala. So Nala gets trashed on. So what I'm trying to say is the songs aren't that good. And I think we just need to, oh, we need to start that off right now. I was actually surprised re-watching that Hakuna Matata was not as good as I remember it. Right. I think the chorus is really good and like catchy, but there's really only like one verse and it's all about fart jokes. Right. And I was just like, is that really all there is to this song? It's just a really catchy chorus and that's right. why we remember it. Right. But I guess I want to circle back because I feel like we can bring up ethical concerns that I think are, are strong and legitimate. And I, I have some follow-up questions for that. But I think you can both acknowledge that The Circle of Life is an all-timer song. Just, like, that song is terrific and amazing. And also say that artists weren't fairly compensated for it, right? Like, you don't totally. have to... I could say that it was not well compensated and the song is not good. That's what I'm saying Fair. to you. I mean, when it came out, you know, it... It, it wasn't even that successful of a film. When we really think about it, it wasn't that successful. Elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we're talking about monetary value, yeah, it was probably going to be So maybe I'm just pulling that. But it's really not that good. I'm sorry. And I, I think, I, see, I could actually disagree with you, and I do think Circle of Life is a good song, but I think there's a certain, like, nostalgia factor with some of the other songs, Sukuna Matata being one of them, um... And I, I also just think that because we remember these songs, we're willing to forgive other parts of the movie that aren't as good. It's like, oh, I'm just waiting for, I just can't wait to be king, so I'm going to put up with right. all of this shenanigans in the middle between songs. And, and I think that there's something to be said for that. It's a very successful musical on Broadway for a reason. Oh, totally. But I also, right. like, I just don't think the movie is as good as the songs. And the, and the movie and the stage are very different from mm -hmm. me. I think the stage, in my opinion, we can have a conversation about that. But as the movie, <laughs> no, I don't like the song. Yeah, let's not forget, Mario hates this movie. <laughs> yeah, I quick, don't like this. quick fact check, uh, movie made hella money. <laughs> how much, how much? Almost a billion dollars. <laughs> That's really not that much. <laughs> Adjusted for inflation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah was it Avengers though? Yeah, yeah, was it Avengers? Huh? Was it Avatar? No. <laughs> you know, so. Talk to me when it's got Titanic money. Oh, okay. God. Uh, we touched on characters a little bit. Is there I, I we mean, want to add? I could go back to Nala because I think Nala ha is like an amorphous non-personality blob that is just there to serve the main character. In the beginning, she's like, "I still thought you were brave, hee hee," and then they like fall in love over the course of a single song, which is not how things work, and. Like that's pretty much it. She doesn't. She doesn't really do anything. I'm like, why didn't she try to fight Scar this whole time? Totally. You're still a goddamn lion. Totally. Like, <laughs> right, and right. there's more of you theoretically. And there's female a lions are the hunters. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, why did why why? I just. But I, I guess I think they they felt like now that Mufasa's dead and in their mind Simba's dead, that Scar is the rightful king, right? And they're living in this monarchy and they're going well. Just overthrow it. Well, but, but I'm saying, like, over, overthrowing a monarchy is a bigger ask than finding the rightful heir and going, you, I will help you reclaim That's not your even throne. what she was trying to do, though. She was trying to find food. She didn't, they thought well, right. he was dead. I know, but she was trying to find food, and then she finds Simba, and she goes, hey, this is our way out of this. Come back. Be who you were born to be, you know? Yeah, but it still takes Ghost Dad and Rafiki to get him to do it. 
Yeah, it takes a couple people. That's a, <laughs> that's some serious emotional trauma. He he <laughs> thinks that he's the reason that his dad died. He saw his dad die. Like that's some stuff you might need a couple people to help you work through. You know? I suppose. I think we get more character development from like the hyenas than we get from Simba and Nala. Which like... <laughs> to uh, back that up, there is um, uh, there was a lawsuit by hyena researchers. Yeah, I knew this too. No, the hyenas weren't portrayed correctly. Shut the fuck up. It was, yeah, yeah, it was basically serious. like yeah. a like a this. Jaws argument. Like oh, you yeah. are demonizing this perfectly like decent animal right. and making it this thing that wow. people hate now. Hmm. You bullshit. Right. Really? That's serious. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you have too much time. Right. It's yeah. their hyena. It's their job. <laughs> I'm hyena, hyena lawyers. <laughs> if you were a hyena conservationist, you might be pretty pissed about it yeah, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. But I think that like I think the difference between Jaws, where they're trying to kill, like straight up kill right. the demon sharks, and cartoon hyenas. I'm sorry. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I, I can I can get it, but I just I think that That's the I think that the hyenas like have they have clear motivation. They you know follow their desire, which is essentially food because they're just starving all the time. <laughs> right. But they actually, with the exception of Ed, which is like kind of a shitty like mental illness amorphous being, um, I think that the hyenas actually get more. Uh, character development, as does Scar, which is maybe why I'm team villain on this movie. I'm like, at least I know what you want and why. Like, I don't really, I never really felt like Simba got to where I needed him to, or Nala for that matter. Like, to for me to believe their their story and their love and their triumph at the end. But I guess other than I, I think you've made clear what you take issue with with Simba's character. But in terms of saying you feel like his motivation isn't clear. What there? What do you think? Feel like isn't clear about sort of about his desire to, to first to like live in this world, be king, and then later after um, after Mufasa dies to reclaim the mantle, I guess. And I think we not, just like not abandon. I think his actually like the the reclaiming sort of makes sense because he has like a divine intervention from Ghost Dad. But I think the main thing is like why does he decide to just like fuck off into the woods and why doesn't he think after the drought like oh you know I was living in a pretty good place with plenty of water and things like there just seems to be like a disconnect between what the actual solution is to this problem and I think he could have easily gone back at any time and explained himself but I guess, so, I mean, so you're saying why Why did he leave after he felt responsible for his dad's death? Why did he I feel mean, responsible in the first place? How did Scar convince him? Scar was the one who led him there, and then he just got trapped in a stampede. Like, he clearly was didn't do anything wrong. But he's like a 10-year-old kid, and an adult told him, this thing happened, it's your fault. Maybe it's because he ages again over the course of a single song, and we don't get to actually <laughs> see any but, of his, like, growth right. from that kid to the adult where he eventually tried. Like, there's just this whole like middle part that's missing for right. me. But I guess for me, what right. I what I like about this film and what I find powerful is that it's somebody who who is a hero, but they for so long kind of turn away from their life and their friends and their family because they feel this massive guilt and felt like they failed in some way, right? I think yeah. that's a I, I think that's compelling. I think it's compelling, but it's explained essentially by Rafiki in exposition. He's no, like, no, I'm saying you we can't see turn away. Simba experience this, uh, right? To a degree. I, we, I see, don't know. we see Mufasa die. Yeah, that's horrifying, and that's also very memorable. Yeah. And the thing that sticks with people, I think, and another reason that this movie gets more credit than I think it should. But I just, I think there's just too much missing. We don't get enough of Simba actually, like, saying these things out loud or or even thinking them because there's a lot of internal monologue in this movie as well right it's just kind of like Rafiki's like well you you know you can't hide from your past you got to learn from it and there's mm-hmm. like oh there's the moral of the movie and what did he really learn which is you just have to kill him because at the end you just gotta kill at the end he tries <laughs> That's literally the lesson i got was murder. he tries like, to own up <laughs> and this this is another issue he tries to own up when he goes back like what you should maybe learn is that you have to own up to your past and own up to your mistakes right. and he tries to own up and everyone's like horrified and they're like oh my god and they don't really like come with simba until like scar and the hyenas are are they like turn against the hyenas mm-hmm. more than they turn towards Simba. 
But wouldn't that have been disingenuous if when he revealed to them that, hey, I, I played some small role in Mufasa's death, wouldn't that have been disingenuous if they went, yeah, it's okay. You know, like, isn't part of, I think, the lesson in this film is own up to your mistakes, learn from them, and there may be some consequences, but ultimately life will be better and more true if you I do that, I think right? that people can understand that, like, small children are not responsible for the death of an adult. Like, I just don't, I just don't think that Wait, that's... And I think that's why they, that's why they get us back in the end. But I'm saying that's like, that is a revelation for them to grapple with. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, like a weird analogy I would make would be when I think in Spider-Man 2 or 3, when Peter Parker <laughs> reveals that, um, that, you know, he could have stopped the, uh, Uncle Ben's killer, right? Yeah. That's not really his fault. It's still, there's another guy out there who murdered him, but Aunt May kind of has this reaction where she pulls back, right? Where mm -hmm. she's like... Jesus, like you were involved in that in some way. I, I think that sort of shock, even if you come back from it and go, hey, I know this wasn't ultimately your fault, that shock is understandable, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just think there's like a muddled message there. Hmm. Really like, muddled. It, yeah, like I just want to know, so are we owning up? Are we recognizing that we're not at fault? Are, like, are we just fulfilling a destiny? What is the actual driving force here? Yeah, is he really ready for this? Also? And it's not Kimba. I mean, Simba. It's not Kimba. <laughs> it is, it's just people being like, yo, you have a responsibility. He's like, I don't really want to do it. I don't really want to. Mm. Winds his way out into the, to the grass where we have that divine mm -hmm. confrontation right. with the father, which, you know, was cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it, it's sort of like, <laughs> you know, ghost dad being like, all right, you know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you need to kill Scar, because that's really what I got out of it at the end, was the <laughs> lesson is, this is a brutal world. Mm -hmm. And instead of, and I understood that Scar was really pissed, really upset, wanted to kill Simba, but to be a better king would to have Scar be alive. And what we got is, mm -hmm. there cannot be these two. He has to go. Mm -hmm. And so for me, as a five-year-old, I realized in order for me to win something, I have to take people out. Yeah. Right? yeah. You have to be the only one yeah, who's there even can eligible. Only be one, right? And that kind of capitalistic, that kind of uh, sort of this is mine, you need to get yours kind of mindset mm -hmm. is unhealthy with kids. Yeah. Even in, yeah, sorry, sorry. No, no, please. Even in the literal animal kingdom, right. you don't have to kill the other <laughs> you can yeah. just really don't. You just have to beat them in a fight and then that they won't challenge you yeah. again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Until they're healthy and then they'll do it again if right. they want to. But in even in the literal animal kingdom, they will not do that. <laughs> right. And I just wish the, and and I and for me again with the plot, it's like you know, Simba's now this leader. He could have taken in these hyenas, you know, could have banished Scar, could have done all this, but it does end in someone's death. But doesn't right. Scar dies because of the hyenas, right? Like, yeah. they eat him. Because, I don't... He, because he betrays them, essentially. Sure. So I guess my question is, and I could be misremembering the part, but when, as you say, when Ghost Dad comes back, you know, and tells him, hey, you got to remember who you are and be right. the king. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't tell him to kill Scar, right? He, he doesn't really tell him what to do. He just says, you know what to do, right? Right. But I don't think you know what to do is a foregone, like, and I mean, ice the fool. <laughs> I, I think what he's saying is, you know what Strap to do. Up, stand Simba. like Stand up to a bully, essentially. Stand up to a usurper of the throne who has right. poisoned it. And we don't know how it's going to play out. Maybe, right. maybe there's another scenario right. where the hyenas don't eat him, but that's the way it played out. But it's not like Simba ate him himself. You, know, it's like, you don't know that? They cut I out. I do know that. I do know <laughs> they cut out of that film. They I, cut out of that film. Man, I've been living off bugs. Say, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm you saying, want, isn't if you... Yeah, Nala got a bite in there. <laughs> Sarafina did. Yeah. But I guess, do you see what I'm saying? That I don't think that was always the game plan. The game plan is just tell somebody, hey, you're, you are not doing right by us. You've betrayed us in some but way. But I think if in a movie made for children, I can totally see how that that conclusion would become like, oh, the way to win is to eliminate all of my enemies. <laughs> like, right, right. I, don't know. right. I, I guess I never got that for me. I, I, I never read it like that. Right, right. We've about reached time to unmask. <laughs> I have to cut you all off. Um, Got real heated. That's okay. It's it's good. That's what this is. Merc for. fools. I love uh, it. That's the motto. <laughs> um, Merc fools. But yeah, let's unmask everybody. How do we really feel? We'll start with you, Cody. Yeah. Oh, everything I said. I absolutely love this film. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. No, I think it's just, uh, I think it has amazing songs. It has really, really strong pathos. Um, I think mm. the one thing I'd say is I, I haven't looked as much as I'd like into the Kimbo the White Lion thing. I think I read it on a Cracked article one time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd like to know more about that and the plagiarism there. Um, so, but in terms of the film and what the film did for me, I absolutely love it and I'm so on board. Yeah. Casey? Yeah, I actually really like this movie. This is pretty hard to to roast. Um, I I do I do still think there's like something to be said about how we're just accepting the monarchy. Um, but I like I named a dog Shenzi. I mm. love this movie, and I'm gonna watch the live action one. And yeah. I'm pretty stoked on the voice cast. <laughs> Mario. I love this movie. Yay! Uh, yeah, I, really, I did not think you would do. I, uh, I love the songs. Uh, but I do think as an adult, you know, it's, for me, it's like now that I know how big Disney is, is to continue to hold them accountable oh, in sure. every single aspect of what they, what they do for production mm-hmm. via the artists that they do, where they're getting their stories, and if they're being authentic. Yeah. Because they are a monopoly on this whole thing, and they totally transform uh, society. Yeah. And so when you look at these hyenas, you know, just a small, weird sort of thing, it's like, wow, hyenas are just really evil, gross-looking things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, even finding Nemo's a great example of, like, kids trying to get that, like, Nemo fish. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and totally like. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you see what oh, I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. that kind of power. There are like ripples. I really, totally. yeah. I really read that. Yeah. yeah. Th- this movie got inducted in 2016 to the Library of Congress archives. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, for my own mask, I knew that when I was a roast, I had to come ready to go. You got him. I, you I definitely <laughs> enjoy this film. Quasi. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're 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 all on board here. <laughs> this table, this is it yeah, this is it's so much fun. Um even looking back. I know, yeah, there's I think that a lot of the times, you know, especially for this movie, it's also just their lions. Their lions and it's the animal kingdom and they everyone should be killing everyone all the time. I don't know how there's peace. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um at the end of the day it's it's a it's a really well done story and the emotional impact of, of Mufasa still yeah. gives you the chills. Totally. It's yeah. crazy. Totally. Still. I yeah. mean I love it. So yeah. cool it's the same voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that new yeah. cast is on point. Yeah. There's there's something we didn't touch on that I kinda like is that we don't we don't see like Mufasa's last words or something like that. We don't get like a moment where Simba can look at him and kind of, you know, have his like hand fall out of Simba's arm or something like that. He just comes upon the corpse of his dad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I think that's part of the reason why the scene is so disturbing. Yeah. yeah. And we he, almost don't get like the catharsis we want. It's just like it's over before it began. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, and his kid happens. just has to face that like, yeah. right away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, the whole time we were talking, that I understand that, that we're roasting it, but like, he, he's like seven years old. <laughs> no, he's like, a, not, he's not that old. <laughs> he's like maybe five, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I he, don't think years have passed. I don't know how he can, <laughs> Since he was born. I don't know how you can adjust it, though, because lions become full grown in three years. Yeah. So it's right. like, well, you yeah, have to make the like... Equivalent. Yeah. The equivalent. The sure. equivalent. I think one of the things I love about this film, too, is like, you know, we didn't even talk about quotes, right? But like, one of my favorite lines of all time is, is when Timon and Pumbaa and Simba are looking at the sky. And he's like, remember the balls of oh, gas? You know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I thought they were, you know, balls of gas, you know. Burning millions of miles millions away. Millions of miles yeah. away. Oh, yeah. fireflies. Oh, you know what I mean? And for me, that yeah, Don't kinda, be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that kind of back and forth yeah. was really interesting. And also, it makes these two worlds kind of, you know, those two thoughts the same. Mm-hmm. Right? And as a kid, it's like, yo, that's true. And also, this is true, too. Yeah. yeah. So what I thought those kind of uh, that kind of story telling was cool. Yeah, Robert, I didn't get to rewatch it, Um, but I remember every story beat and didn't (laughs) need to take notes and remember a lot of the quotes and uh, I like this movie. Um, Yeah, I um, it was nice to hear all of y'all just kind of discuss and debate some of the like bigger themes at play and takeaways for the. There's a band downstairs. <laughs> so loud. Was in their damn <laughs> Um But but yeah yeah I'm I'm really excited for the new one. I'm excited to hear these characters with like just with different voices. I think will be really interesting. And some of them seem like really really well 
cast and I'm just excited to hear and watch it. Um, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, I, the original, like I remember watching it like with my parents and really liking it and mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for some, just some deeper representation in the new one. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I like Jump Ever's Jungle Book. So We'll see. I'm probably going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't see it's why gonna, not. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to yeah. be great. Um, and so, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. We're going to continue talking the new one, the old one, anything in between on the extended play right after this, which you can get on our Patreon, patreon.com slash 24flamespod. It's the only place you can hear it. So head over there. You can listen to all of them from forever and ever ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, if you've got thoughts on The Lion King, he wants to hear, email us at 24flamespod at gmail.com or find us on social media at 24flamespod, everybody. Uh, next week, we're talking The Departed. Oh, yeah. Um, the Departed. So uh, come on back now, you hear? Um, for that one. It's not um, Boston. But, um, that's, that's Beverly. Cruel Boston. Beverly <laughs> Hills. <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so everybody, thank you for listening to this episode. We are um, on a time crunch tonight, so I'm wrapping it up really fast. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, everybody, come back next week for The Departed. We'll catch you then as we roll on into season three, as we get deeper and deeper into it. So, um, yeah, everybody, thanks. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Get ready, Seattle, for the biggest live podcast event of the year. This July 30th, Northwest Film Farm is going to explode. Not one, not two, but three local podcasts go head to head. Funhouse Band, Save the D8, Shifty. This awesome mind-twisting action from 7 to 11 p.m. Watch as the Funhouse family discusses the local art scene. See the Save the DA crew improv a D&D story that you'll never forget. And stare as the Shifties regale the masses with how tough it is to be in the workforce. Plus, all those with the best handmade name tags will win awesome prizes. Watch them all battle it out under one roof. Northwest Film Forum, July 30th from 7 to 11. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the urge.